Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trade in the Stock Market. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about scans and watch lists. Done a lot of episodes on scans and watch lists, uh, some just pertaining to watch lists, others focusing mainly on scans. But in this particular episode, I'm going to be focusing on both of them. I have an email from a guy. And now, remember, we don't use people's real identities on this show, so I always give them a Florida redneck name. And for this episode... I got the good old Florida redneck name of Hoyt. And Hoyt writes about scans and watch lists. He says, hi, Ryan. I hope you're doing well. As always, great podcast and enjoy swing trading the stock market's subscription service. I have a suggestion, though, for your podcast. Your service is great, but I'm relying on it a lot for stock setups and wondering if you do a podcast on how you find stocks and how you make watch lists. Do you just sift through endless stocks to find setups or are you using a screener or Another method. Thanks again. Sincerely, Hoyt. Good question. And like all your questions, I always feel like there's a lot to unpack here. And I try to do it in about like a 15 to 20 minute episode because a lot of you guys listen to me on the way home from work or picking up your kid from school. So I always think that it's kind of good to make it digestible in, in a quick increments. So there's a lot of approaches that you can take, and, and a lot of them are non-traditional to building your watch list, to building your scans. For instance, I like to scan Twitter. I like to scan StockTwits. StockTwits has, for instance, a trending tab of stocks that are being most talked about. Oftentimes, this might be like your cryptos or stocks that have like explosive earnings that are going way up to the upside or going way down to the downside. Those aren't as usable in terms of you know, oh, NVIDIA is gapping 15% today. Let's go ahead and, you know, buy into that. That's not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for stocks that might be showing some strong volume that might be setting up pretty well. And for whatever reason, it's catching the attention of some people on stock votes. If I can get into a trade that has a good reward risk ratio, that's great. And oftentimes when they're trending on stock twits or they're popping up on my Twitter feed, there's usually some good volume to it too. Now, the difference between stock twits and Twitter, it really comes down to the people that you follow. And some of the people that, that you follow will be putting out some good charts out there. So yeah, I don't mind if I find a good trade setup that comes from somebody else that's posting a chart. It's like, hey, look out for this chart here or look out for this stock. If it sets up for me, it fits my criteria for what I like in a trade. Yeah, that's great. It might not have shown up on my scans, but heck, in the end, I don't care if the stock picks come from Timbuktu or from some guy on Twitter that might only have two followers. If he's showing me something or if she's showing me something that I haven't seen before or wasn't on my scans, that's good. So never discount the use of Twitter and stock twits to, to be able to find stock. Now, you got to be careful because there's a lot of pump and dumps out there, too. People will use those platforms to really try to, to push an agenda. And it's usually pretty obvious. Like if the stock has like, you know, a thousand shares being traded a day or something. Yeah, that's probably some rogue guy out there trying to pump something. But if it's like Walmart and, you're, and they're posting charts and you're like, oh, crud, look at that that's a pretty good setup there. And I know I do that for a lot of people too. I post charts on stock twits. I post charts on Twitter and it's usually setups that are not showing up on other people's scans. And so I always take some pride in that, that I'm able to provide people with some different ideas. And the other thing too, about Twitter, I love Twitter for this because I think it has the best real-time news out there. I mean, for free, 
there is a lot of really good people who are using Bloomberg terminals and everything else for their instant news, and they're practically putting it out there instantly. So that's really good. I mean, stuff like the FOMC announcements, it gets released at 2 p.m. I'm usually seeing that within seconds of the 2 p.m. mark on Twitter. So even when it comes to like news, for instance, Twitter is an unbelievable resource, and there's some really good follows out there. Two of my favorites is Zero Hedge and Walter Bloomberg. I don't even know who the heck Walter Bloomberg is, but man, he is a great news source. But back to back to the scans and the watch lists, though. First off, there is a difference between scans and watch lists. And that difference is scans are essentially stocks that are meeting a certain criteria for you and what you're willing to trade and that they're meeting like a specific parameter like stocks trading above their 50-day moving average or stocks that are trading above their 21-day volume average. Or it could be something more complicated like stocks that in the past month have crossed below their 200-day moving average, but in the last couple of days, it's crossed back above their 200-day moving average. I mean, you can make these parameters almost anything that you want it to be. Now, with me saying that, you want to make sure there's a reason behind those parameters. What makes those parameters work? Is there some kind of like back test that says, hey, stocks that you know have that criteria, criteria X, Y, and Z, or whatever it might be, has a good back test that says that they perform remarkably well going forward X amount of days into the future. Really, there is an endless amount of scans and possibilities that you can do, especially if you know how to do coding. It's even more amazing. Now, the watch lists are really the stocks that you're looking to trade. They're not scans. They're stocks that have caught your attention that are worth watching into the trading day and, and potential plays that you might take on. A lot of the stocks that show up on your scans are stocks that you're never going to trade because it might not have a good stop loss. Yeah, it might have meet all the variables that, you know in terms of what you want from the chart, but maybe you're like, ah, if I'm going to trade this one, I'm going to have to use a 15% stop loss, and that just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that shows up on my scans that I would like to trade, but I can't trade. And that brings me to my next point. What One of the things I tr do try to do, and it's scans aren't perfect, okay? But one of the things I try to do with my scans is I try to exclude a lot of the stocks I have no desire to trade. Stocks like that are trading below $10 for sh a share for the most part. I usually don't ever pay attention to stocks trading below $10 a share. And the reason for that is because they're often some of the most volatile and headline risk-driven stocks out there. Cheaper they are, the more concerning they tend to be. I mean, look at just some of like the EV stocks that are just getting killed this week, right? Your smaller EV stocks, they have some of the most volatile plays to them. Solar plays are like that as well. So I, I get rid of like stocks that are trading underneath $10. I also make sure that there's a certain volume requirement. I don't want to be considering a stock that only is trading like 500 shares in a single day. So I want to see hundreds of thousands of shares being traded on a stock at least every single day. And also too, one of the things that I like to do is when I do get my scans, I also like to see, and I'll have a column. I use TC2000, for instance. I'll have a column on there that will tell me when is their next earnings date, according to them. And if there's a stock that's trading within the next one to two weeks, because swing trades, you've got to remember, swing trades, yeah, it can last from a couple of days and you're out, but it can also be a couple, couple of weeks or a couple of months that you're in that trade for. So for me, I, I really don't want to get into a stock that is going to have an earnings date within the next couple of days or in the next week or so. So especially during earnings season, this is really helpful. I will get my scans and I will sort by next earnings date to where it's sorting them by the top of the chart or the top of the scan. It's listing the ones that are reporting the soonest or at the top of my chart. And then I just go down to the date that it, okay, after a couple of weeks, 
these are the stocks that I want to go look at. So I'm looking at the stocks that have earnings reports that are weeks out, you know, nothing within the next one or two weeks. And then those are the ones that I'll start considering. And our scans, they're going to change over time. It's not like once you make a scan and that you're going to follow that scan, that's the only scan that you're ever going to use. They they have to change over the time because the market changes in, in many different ways over time. I mean, there's different seasons in the market too. Like right now, I pay a lot of attention to the NASDAQ 100. Why? Because the NASDAQ 100 has just been smoking hot and continues to climb higher. Now, the reason why I pay attention to that, because there's sometimes, yeah, you might not be able to get into tech stocks, but there's a lot of stocks that are not even tech related that are in there, like Costco, for instance. And so when people are buying into the Qs, for, which is the ETF for the NASDAQ 100, yeah, they're buying up, you know, the, the Qs oftentimes because they're, you know, infatuated with Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and NVIDIA and AMD and, and all those companies. But in the process, when you're buying shares of QQQ, you're also exerting buying power into Costco or Comcast or CSX. So when the QQQs are going up, yeah, that's driving buying power also into those other non-tech stocks as well. And so they continue to do better in the process. So I'm also going through as part of my scan, the NASDAQ 100. It doesn't take much time, especially the more you get proficient at going through scans and watch lists you should be able to start being able to do those within two to three seconds. So let's say I go through each chart spinning about on average like two seconds on each of them, right? And then we're talking about the NASDAQ 100, so that's 200 seconds. So you're talking a little bit over three minutes to go through the whole thing. And yes, when you, when you find one that catches your eye, then you'll probably spend a little bit more time. You might spend like 20 or 30 seconds on that chart. But the point is, is that two months from now, I might not even be paying attention to the NASDAQ 100 specifically. I might be, you know, spending less time just looking at that index in general, because maybe the market's pulling back or maybe that, you know, the, the index itself is chopping sideways. So there isn't those opportunities there. One particular scan that a lot of people like to do, and I think every platform has it, is the percentage price change. A lot of people like to see what stocks are moving the most ahead of the market open, what stocks are up 20, 30 percent, because that's the one they're going to avoid. But I also say that's probably the highest risk scan that there is out there because you're jumping into these stocks that are moving 20, 30 percent. And yes, it seems like, yeah, you get into them, they're just going to keep going higher. We saw that this past week with NVIDIA earnings. I mean, it just continued to skyrocket. But there's a lot of those that it'll gap way up and you'll know, think, oh my gosh, this thing's going to run like crazy today. This is the stock I've been waiting to see get some action. And as soon as it does, people are so tired of have been, having held it for so long that when you get this big news piece, they start getting out of it in and, and droves. And all of a sudden, you start seeing that move fade very quickly and very fast. I had a trade not too long ago in Wayfair, and it wasn't that fun of a trade for me. I was down on it most of the time, but then there was some news that came out. They were cutting some jobs, and it spiked at like 13 14% in the pre-market. I got out of that thing as fast as I could. Shoot, I got out of it some of it in the pre-market. Actually, I got out of it most of it in the pre-market. I was left with like one-third of a position. I think within the first five minutes of trading, I was out of it. And why I was is, is because of that very scenario that I was telling you about. I was like, the stock was struggling. I got kind of a gift out of the stock by it gapping up 13 per plus percent. And I'm like, peace out. I'm out of here. And it did fade. I mean, the stock isn't anywhere near where it was at since that news came out. It faded the rest of the day. And so you, sometimes you'll get a stock that's up 20% and it'll fade all the way back to red. So what happens, especially if you're not disciplined in your trading, you're like, okay, I'm going to get into this stock. It's up 20%. Let's just say it's up 10%. And then it starts to fade the rest of the day. People are selling it. You're like, oh, crap, how's this happening? You didn't go into the trade with a plan, and all of a sudden, you're taking like a 10-plus percent loss on your trade. So the percentage change scan that a lot of people rely on, yeah, there's some winners in it, but usually you're taking on a lot more risk, and sometimes you don't even realize it. 
One thing I do hope that you realize is how much of a value swingtradingthestockmarket.com is. Go there. It's really awesome. You're going to get access to all of my stock market research each and every day. That's going to include my daily watch list, the bullish and bearish watch list that I put together each week of stocks that I'm looking to curate trades from. Plus, you're going to get updates on the big tech stocks and you're going to get stock market updates throughout the week. So it's really a, a cool feature that goes alongside of this podcast and you're supporting this podcast in the process. There's also a cool thing on TC2000 and you can get that in the description notes of this podcast if you'd like. But one of the things that I do like for measuring volume is this thing that they have called the volume buzz. And it helps me to see like what stocks are, are trending with some strong volume relative to other periods in time with that particular stock or that ETF. And sometimes it can be hard to determine that early on in trading because you just really don't know how the rest of the day of trading is. So you want to kind of say, okay, so far today, how is this stock comparing in terms of volume compared to previous days of trading or, you know, maybe from this time last year or this time last week, and it gives you a volume buzz. And I think that that is also helpful in my trading. Like if I want to go look at SPY and see which stocks are trending really hard on the day on SPY or what's making SPY go up so much, I can see the ones that are showing the most volume that are supporting the move. And, and that can also provide some really good trade setups as well. So we've talked about a good number of things, a lot of things pertaining to scans, but the scans feed the watch lists. And so it's important that when you're running the scans, whatever they may be, and I don't give specific scans out because everybody's different. You really have to spend the time on building your own scans. I like to give concepts and things to think about when you're building your scans. But if I say, oh yeah, stock's trading above or below the 50-day moving average, yeah, that's great. That's not really going to help you understand how to build your own scans. You have to understand why your scans are the way they are. And the best way for you to do it is for you to experiment, to take the hours upon hours that it'll probably take for you to be able to build winning scans. Now, one of the things as a swing trader that I do is I use my scans most often during after hours trading. My own personal scans, I'll go through them in the after hours. Yes, I'll also go through them you know, from time to time during the regular trading hours. But my main effort, my main amount of time, the most amount of time that I spend on scans is during after hours trading or before the market opens. And then my watch list gets the most use during regular trading hours. I'm building those watch lists through my scans because I'm taking the stocks that I like the most from my scans and adding them to my watch list for the trading session. And then during the trading session, I'm looking at the watch lists for opportunities. Now that might be different for day trading and it really is because day traders, they're really looking to capitalize on intraday movements. And another thing I like to throw out there too is when it comes to watch lists, I, well, let me back up a little bit. I talk a lot about the top-down trading strategy. This is what I use in my trading. I want, when I make a trade, I want the market, I want the sectors, I want the industries all to be in alignment with the stock that I'm trading. And sometimes that can be difficult to find those opportunities. But when you find a sector, for instance, that's meeting your criteria and it supports the direction of the overall market, and you're like, okay, I need to find something from the sector that really works well. One of the best ways to do it, and again, I've referenced TC2000 a lot because that's the charting software that I have used probably, geez, since like 2006, 2000. I mean, it's a long time that I've used. I mean, I used it before they were TC2000. I think they had like a thing called StockFinder back in the day. I mean, that's how long I have used it. And I like it a lot. I'm very familiar with it. But one of the things that I like that I can do in my own trading, I can type in, for instance, XLY, and it'll display for me all the stocks that are in XLY. XLY is a discretionary sector ETF. It's the most popular discretionary ETF. And right now, when I type in XLY, TC2000 will give me an immediate watch list that they create for me 
on XLY and all the stocks that it has listed being in it. Right now, it shows 52 stocks as I'm looking at this real time while I'm recording this podcast. And for instance, at the top, it's like Amazon, then Tesla. And I sort it by market cap too. So Amazon, Tesla, Home Depot, McDonald's, Nike, Booking, Lowe's, TJX, Starbucks, Airbnb, Marriott, O'Reilly's, Chipotle, Hilton, Ross Stores, Fort. So I can go right through these things and say, okay, like what's what's moving this? I can also sort it by the volume buzz that I was just talking about. It's really cool. That's one way that, you know, using the top-down trading strategy, I'll start sorting by okay, what's moving in these sectors here? Because I'm looking at those ETFs all day long to be able to gauge real quickly which sectors are moving in the stock market. Because oftentimes you may have a market that's running 1% higher, but six of 11 sectors are trading higher with it. So you really don't want to be trading in the sectors that aren't moving with the overall market because that could be a recipe for disaster, right? You could be getting into the market, but the stocks that you're trading in is not moving with it. So it helps to do that. It helps to know what the, you know, the different ETFs that represent the sectors. So in any case, I don't want to ramble on too long here, so I'll go ahead and wrap up this podcast episode with scans and watch lists. Hopefully you were able to get some tidbits from me on how I approach scans and how I approach watch lists. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave me a good review. I would love to see that out there, a five-star review. Those really do mean the world to me. Also, check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com to support this podcast. And I want to hear your stories. Send me an email. Tell me your story. Tell me your trading background. Tell me the problems that you face as a trader and what your questions are. I would love to hear from you guys. It's Ryan at SharePointer.com. Thank you guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer trading block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead. Sign up by going to SharePlanner.com slash block. That's www.SharePlanner.com slash block, And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at Ryan at SharePlanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.